Welcome to Putting Up Numbers, the podcast about uniform numbers. Here we break down the stories behind the numbers, talk about the all-time greats that made the number iconic, and give you our picks for the Uniform Number Hall of Fame and Hall of Shame. You can hit us up at our website, puttingupnumbers.com, and give us your picks as well. I'm Tom Davis here in the City of Angels, and joining me, as always, the K to the L to the ANC to the NIK, he's from Big D, Rudy Klanick. Rudy, tell him today's number. Tom! Today's number is number 74. 74 is our big number today. Pretty excited about it, man. It's an obscure number, but surprisingly well fed. I will say, yeah. in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, among other places. It is amazing. There are eight, count them, eight players in the Football Hall of Fame that wore number 74, and probably two others, one of whom we actually got to talk to. Um, Nick Mangold wore number 74 very proudly for the Jets. And I would say he's a, got a good shot at, at Canton, as well as uh, Joe Staley, who we'll talk about a little bit. But man, eight guys in the Pro Football Hall of Fame that wore 74. That's, that's tremendous. And could be 10 before, probably will be 10 before this decade is out, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, amazing. I mean, it's a it's a powerhouse number. Little did we know when we were talking to Nick Mangold, we were talking to a Jersey number uh, luminary, number 74. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Let's get Nick queued up. Huh? I like it. So here it is, Rudy and I and our interview with future Hall of Famer, Nick Mangold. Our guest today played 11 years at center for the New York Jets. Nick Bangold was the 29th pick overall in the 2006 NFL Draft and went on to become a seven-time Pro Bowl selection and three-time All-Pro. He was a three-year starter and All-American at Ohio State and won a national championship with the Buckeyes in 2002. And since retiring from the NFL in 2018, he started a line of craft-style barbecue sauces under the Mangold 74 barbecue label, where a portion of the proceeds from each sale benefit the families of New York's fallen first responders. Nick, welcome to Putting Up Numbers. Oh, thank you for having me. So we'll dive right into it with you. How did the number 74 come your way? When I got drafted, it was a Saturday. And they give you a call and you talk to the GM, you talk to the head coach. And then the last person that I spoke to was the equipment manager. And he asked what number I wanted. And he gave me a list of, I think it was like four numbers. And being young and dumb, I didn't realize that I could request. So I never even looked into 55, which was my college number. And so one of the numbers that he gave me was 74. Four is my wife's lucky number. So I ran with 74 and uh, it stuck. We had a really interesting interview talking about you wore number 55 at Ohio State. We had an interview with uh, Ed Marinero. He used to play way back when for the Vikings and played at Cornell. And he was talking about numbers like 55 and 44 and 33 that had the perfect balance to them. <laughs> he had this real interesting theory about it. Um, tell us about 55 at the Ohio State, how you got it, why you got it. it. Was that a high school number as well? Tell us a little bit about that. So 55 was the first number that I ever had playing football in third grade. Um, and so I had 55 in third grade and then um, I got it back in high school. Um, and then went on to college and I just got fortunate that no one had 55 at the time I wanted it. You know, it's funny. I associate myself with 55 in my head, but I actually wore 74 more years than I did 55. Nick, uh, offensive lineman as a center, you know, some of those, the offensive linemen, man, I mean, they're some of the smartest guys on the field, making all the calls, kind of understanding the offense, maybe as well as anybody on the field. Was that a 
a point of pride for you? Oh, it definitely was. You know, it was instilled early on uh, in my career that you know the center needs to be able to, to run the show up front, and you never have the the same. Uh, intimate knowledge as a quarterback and the quarterback has the, the most knowledge of the offense but to be able to, to do what you can physically you need to know things inside and out and so uh, I, I learned that early on took it to heart um, although I think I made a couple of quarterbacks mad um, once I started learning uh, routes and where they should throw it um, they, they didn't really appreciate me you know uh, being a armchair quarterback right in front of them. Nick you're you're obviously uh, you're a large man and you enjoy eating and so mangled 74 barbecue sauce. Tell us about how that was developed and, and why you wanted to get into that after uh, playing in the NFL. I got into barbecue probably you know about six years ago. We had an offensive line, assistant offensive line coach come in, Ron Heller. He's a certified barbecue judge. So he, uh, he kind of, he's my guru and he taught me all about it and I just fell in love. And so uh, I got bored of buying sauces at the store and I said I could make something better than what I could buy. Um, and so I started dabbling, uh, probably about four years ago, just trying different recipes, taste testing and everything. And finally got to one that I, I really enjoyed. And it was about a year and a half ago. It just kind of came to me that through being a professional athlete, I was an entertainer. Um, I didn't really create anything. Um, and so this was an opportunity for me to create something and to be able to share my love of what I've created with people. It's been a lot of fun. It's a neat to have a passion project that it's something that I can say, listen, I made this, it's mine. And I'm putting my name behind it. Outstanding. It's summertime right now. Nick. So give us one tip, give us one barbecue tip, something that can keep me from burning everything and making it taste awful. That's the best part about barbecue. My guru, Ron Heller taught me that he goes, even if you mess up the barbecue, it still tastes good. Even if you burn it, there's something good in there. So, um, you know, I think the, the biggest key is low and slow and patience is a virtue. I'm in Dallas, Texas. Texas prides itself on its specific type of barbecue. In your travels, I'm sure you've sampled most other barbecues. Any other states come to mind that you think or think about when you're thinking barbecues? You know, I think that's the the best part about it is every region has their own little delicacy and their little spin to it. And it's something that I've enjoyed being able to travel around with the NFL and, and trying different things between, you know, Texas, Kansas City, uh, the Carolinas, Tennessee. There's so many different different styles and different ways of going about it. And they all end up being fantastic. And so anytime someone asks, well, what's your favorite style? Uh, I truly do like them all. It's so neat seeing how different regions have a take on the exact same food. It's always a good answer to say, I like them all, right? It's safe. <laughs> Don't offend anybody. It's all good. But it's actually true. I, I'm the same way, man. We go to Memphis or Casey. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm prideful of Texas, but man, theirs are pretty good too. So it's it's all good. They're all a little different. How they have their own uh, their own feel, their own taste, obviously. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I love what you're doing, man. Thank you. You see a lot of guys transition into the media. Any thoughts on that? Any thoughts on trying to, to break in on the, the ESPN's NFL networks of the world? Not right now. I have four little ones at home right now. And so yeah. being able to spend the time with them and run around at some point, they're going to get tired of me and they're going to say, <laughs> daddy, you need to go find something to do. But right now they still like having me around. And so I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can. That's cool. You got to play some zone defense at home, man. 
You got enough on your hands. <laughs> we're, we're all zone defense all the time. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Especially under, quor- under quarantine, man. It's a whole nother level. Nick, we understand that a portion of the proceeds from your barbecue sauce benefit the families of New York policemen and firemen who've been killed in the line of duty. The organization's called Answer the Call. How did you get involved with Answer the Call? Uh, I've been involved with them for, I want to say it's six or seven years now. They do fantastic work of trying to help out the families of people who have fallen in the line of duty. It's been a a strong cause for me for a long time. And I think what I'm excited about is, you know, for years I was just lending my beautiful smiling face, but now I actually have an opportunity with something that I created to give back. It's not a huge donation because, you know, sauce isn't a million dollar business, but uh, a little bit goes and and that makes me, uh, that makes me pretty proud to, to, to be able to help them out. That's great. And it's such a great idea. And so kudos to you for that. So Nick, where can we pick up Mangold 74 barbecue sauce? We're spreading rapidly. You know, we're probably the only idiots that started a, a barbecue sauce company in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but you know, we, uh, so that kind of hindered us a little bit for distribution. Uh, you know, we were hoping to get into grocery stores, but we are online, uh, at 74bbq.com. Um, and that's spelled out 74bbq.com. We're trying to take this as maybe our soft opening, um, and really hit the ground running next year. So that way we can be at the ready for all of everyone's tailgating and, and barbecuing and, uh, you know, uh, 4th of July uh, extravaganzas. There awesome. you go. 74bbq.com. Go there, buy the sauce and help the first responders there in New York. Nick, we're going to leave it there, but we appreciate it uh, very much for you coming on. Uh, all the best with barbecue sauce and with uh, playing zone there with four kids under nine. I don't know which one is a bigger uh, lift for you, but uh, <laughs> we wish you the best. And thanks very much for being on the show. Uh, thanks for having me guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Nick. Our thanks again to Nick Mangold for joining us. Remember 74bbq.com. Rudy. Yes, sir. Number 74. Let's chat a little bit about the contenders. And uh, spoiler alert, this is really going to be a lot about football. There are a handful, if that, of people in baseball and hockey to talk about and no one in the history of the ABA or the NBA to talk about. So this is largely football related. So why don't we just dive right in? As you mentioned at the top of the show, there are eight members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame yep. who wore number 74. So let's let's just start at the top and work our way down. Yeah. Huh? Well, let me kick it off with the number 74 that means the most in these this part of the world in the Dallas-Fort Worth area is Bob Lilly. I mean, Bob Lilly is definitely Mr. Cowboy, you know, the anchor of the Doomsday defense. He missed one game in 14 years, man. Think about that. You know, when they played football in the Bob Lilly era of the 60s and 70s, uh, it was a different game. I mean, <laughs> it was a different world. That was a that was a hardcore, uh, basically, fight every, every week. And the guy misses one game in 14 years. Just a fantastic player. I think the most indelible moment of the Bob Lilly's career was – him chasing Bob Greasy in the Super Bowl for what amounted to uh, a sack of about 252 yards, I think. Um, <laughs> and it was it's a, still a record. It's still a record. And the Cowboys uh, winning their first Super Bowl, which was obviously a huge deal forever. But the uh, yeah, also Bob Lilly was a TCU guy. So I worked at TCU for several years and I didn't actually realize that until I got to campus and I saw these huge pictures of this big badass defensive end everywhere. And I was like, who's that guy? Cause he was wearing number 72. 
So I didn't recognize it. He said, oh, it's Bob Lilly. We're number 72 at TCU. And he was great at TCU, obviously, but certainly known as a uh, as as the Mr. Cowboy, the number one, the first real big star for them and was their first draft pick. So it worked out pretty well. So Bob Lilly is my first guy on the list of all-time greats at, at 74. Yeah, here's needless knowledge on Bob Lilly. Didn't start lifting weights until his sixth professional season. <laughs> That's funny. That's that's amazing. Speaking of a guy who lifted weights, maybe from the crib, Bruce Matthews, 296 games played over 19 years with the Oilers and Titans, played every position on the offensive line, was named to 14 consecutive Pro Bowls, uh, was an All-Pro nine times enshrined in Canton in 2007. Yeah, and spawned some NFL talent. So good for, for sure. good for, for Bruce, sure. Bruce Matthews has some NFL uh, talent in his uh, gene pool for sure. So um, yeah, that's a great one. 14 consecutive Pro Bowls, man. That's incredible. Think about that. Again, offensive linemen don't get a lot of run, don't get a lot of love, but Bruce Matthews deserves it for sure. The next one is a defensive lineman, uh, Merlin Olson. Played for 15 seasons, all with the greatness of the L.A. Rams. Many times wore that awesome blue and white jersey that we all love and wish they went back to forever and ever. Remember the fearsome foursome? Another 14-time consecutive Pro Bowl selection, five-time All-Pro, Hall of Famer in 1982. And, of course, if you grew up, you didn't get to see him, you might have – Let's listen to him uh, or watched him. He was a, a very good broadcaster on NBC for many years uh, and also was a TV star, Mar- Father Murphy, and uh, appeared in a lot of shows. But I guess if uh, if you remember Father Murphy, you remember Merlin Olson. And uh, man, that guy had, had quite a career on and off the field. Yeah, Merlin Olson, um, for most people, I think, is going to be remembered uh, as a broadcaster uh, or maybe as a TV yep. star, uh, Little House on the Prairie and Father Murphy and so forth. But you're right. He did wear uh, super cool Rams uniforms. The Rams current uniforms are an absolute abomination. But anyway, <laughs> moving on, Fred Dean, uh, another Hall of Famer, another fearsome defensive player, uh, two-time All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, Played with the Chargers and the 49ers, was number 71 with the Chargers, uh, but then was traded to the 49ers and sort of started this tradition that we'll talk about a little bit with number 74 and San Francisco lineman. Uh, but he won two Super Bowl rings with the 49ers, retired in 1983. When he did, he did have the record for most sacks in a game, which was six. Uh, which was subsequently broken by Derek Thomas in 1990. He had seven in a game that the Chiefs lost. <laughs> he was Defensive Player of the Year in 1981. It was enshrined in the Hall of Fame in 2008. So Fred Dean is a guy who, if you grew up in the 80s, you remember Fred Dean just wreaking havoc all over the field. That's a great one. We go back on the offensive line side, uh, Jimbo Covert. My gosh, another Iron Man. Started 110 out of 111 career games. And uh, had the pleasure of blocking for Walter Payton, which means he probably had number 34 running up his backside at times. Uh, Super Bowl champ, obviously, with that great 85 Bears team, was a member of the 2020. We're in 2020. is a member of the 2020 Hall of Fame class. And, you know, if you can get away with being called Jimbo, you must you got to be a tough guy man jimbo jimbo come on man um but he's he's uh he's beloved in chicago still and uh and one of our 
contestants for the greatest all-time number 74. Rudy, I'm going to give you a twofer here. Twofer on uh, two Hall of Famers that probably no one remembers because they played a really long time ago. But Henry Jordan was a defensive tackle for the Browns and the Packers in the 50s and 60s. Uh, won five NFL championships and was a member of the Packers' first two Super Bowl champions. And he famously said, uh, Lombardi treats us all the same. He treats us all like dogs. <laughs> so if you ever wonder where that quote came from, that was Henry Jordan, who was uh, enshrined in the Hall of Fame in 1995. Also, Mike McCormick, an offensive tackle with the Browns in their heyday in the 50s and 60s, a six-time Pro Bowler and a nine-time All-Pro was also a head coach in the NFL for the Eagles, the Colts, the Seahawks, uh, and was the president and GM of the Carolina Panthers, uh, elected to the Hall of Fame in 1984. So Henry Jordan and Mike McCormick may be two lesser-known names, but nonetheless, they deserve a little bit of run here on the contender list. Uh, who else you got? Well, we've got some other guys that are probably not the contenders for that That. Well, it's a tough list, right? When you've got eight, when you've got eight professional football uh, Hall of Famers, it's a tough list to get on, uh, even if you were a player of some renown in your day. It's a tough list. It's it's Mount Olympus. Now, speaking of Mount Olympus, um, I don't know if you've ever caught the Titan Games, Tom. Have you seen the I, Titan Games? Do you know what the I Titan have, in Games fact, are? Seen the Titan Games? Yes. Well, the Titan Games are an abomination. <laughs> Tom, they're terrible. But they star. A young man, not so young anymore, but a big man named The Rock. You've heard of The Rock, right? So The Rock actually wore number 74. Did you know that? If he had made the the CFL, Rudy, (laughs) we would have been denied 297 Fast and Furious movies. And how could we possibly live with ourselves if that was the case? That's That's a good point. Those have gotten me through um, the coronavirus quarantine, man. You know, interestingly about those movies, the movie that people sleep on that I really, I don't know why I like it so much. It's Tokyo Drift. Have you seen Tokyo Drift? Oh, yeah. The one with the guy who was the quarterback uh, on Friday Night Lights. The the Friday Friday Night 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 Lights guy with the terrible Texas accent. The terrible Texas accent. But anyway, I like Tokyo Drift, man. I'm not sure why. I've tried to do that with the car. I can't do it. But but yeah, The Rock, number 74. He's not going to make are Mount Olympus, but if you are interested in really bad, stupid, probably cheaply done game shows, Titan Games is for you for sure. So we have some other names, some other players that um, are certainly worthy of uh, mention. And the first one, we talked about him a little bit before, but Joe Staley, he just retired after 13 years with the 49ers. He's another one of those guys, as you mentioned, wearing number 74 with the Niners. First round pick out of Central Michigan, so uh, a Chippewa for sure, a six-time Pro Bowler, and a member of the 2010s, which is always weird to say, 2010s All-Decade team. But Joe Staley is a great offensive lineman, bonafide Hall of Famer when he qualifies uh, for sure, don't you think? I think so. Yeah, I think Joe Staley is uh, is somebody who is definitely has a future in central Ohio after spending a little bit of time in central Michigan. You know, another guy who probably belongs on the list and some think that he might have an outside shot at the Hall of Fame at some point is is Paul Gruber, not to be confused with Hans Gruber from 
Hans Gruber, yeah. one of the greats. Yeah, of course, from the Die Hard movies. But anyway, Paul Gruber was a great player on some super terrible Tampa Bay Buccaneers teams. Played 183 games in 12 years with the Buccaneers. Didn't miss a snap in his last five years in the league. Uh, was the fourth inductee into the Bucks Ring of Honor, joining Leroy Selman, John McKay, and Jimmy Giles. So Paul Gruber, and Paul Gruber was another one of those guys who weighed you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 pounds, he stopped playing and yep. now he's at like 215 and he's totally jacked. Uh, so, <laughs> looks like a completely different person. Yes, he looks like a completely <laughs> yeah. different human being. Who else? Steve Wallace, yet another 49er, uh, wearing number 74, played 11 years in a league, three Super Bowls, not bad with the 49ers, another offensive lineman. Uh, there's, a, there's a trend developing here. Most of our 74s, were Ironmen. I mean, they just didn't miss plays, let alone miss games. And, um, you know, Steve Wallace was another warrior on the offensive line for the 49ers and another one of those guys that kind of made 74 um, famous in San Francisco for sure. Yeah, you can see the 49ers doing what the Lions did years ago. Remember when they had the mass retirement of number 20 for the Roaring Twenties? It was Billy Sims. Yeah, it yeah. was uh, Lem Barney and Barry Sanders, the Roaring Twenties of the Lions. And, you know, the 49ers have three guys who uh, wore 74. Uh, and it's hard to say that any one was better than than another when you consider that, that uh, at least in the case of Joe Staley uh, and Fred Dean, who's already in the Hall of Fame, uh, those guys are Hall of Famers, yep. you know, and Steve Wallace is probably right there, right there behind him. You yep. know, another guy uh, who was a 74 of note, uh, Bryant McKinney, who wore uh, 74 for nine years uh, as a tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. Great player yeah, in his own really right. Really good player. Who else really is on the good list? Player. John Hicks. Um, I can't talk about yeah. him. You know, it was tough enough to talk to Nick Mangold since he went to Ohio State. Here's another Ohio State guy. <laughs> I just don't want to talk about guys that went to Ohio State, so I'll let you go. Yeah, for it. John Hicks. And John Hicks is on the list because uh, he played – offensive line during the time that Archie Griffin was at Ohio State. Two-time All-American, Outland Trophy winner in 1973, and finished second to John Capaletti in Heisman Trophy voting in 1973. There have been other guys who have finished second who played on the offensive line, but they also played defense. He's the first pure offensive lineman to finish second in Heisman Trophy voting in history. So John Hicks. That's incredible. Yeah. An amazing player, at least as a collegian, was the third pick overall of the New York football giants, wins rookie of the year in 1974, and then his career really just fizzled. He was done with yeah. football by 77. He was traded to Pittsburgh, but he never played a game in Pittsburgh. But John Hicks is a college player, uh, really did number 74 proud in a way that that maybe nobody before or since has done. No, that's amazing. Second in the Heisman Trophy ballot. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Um, you know, it's interesting, uh, Archie Griffin. So uh, a friend of mine uh, who, who worked for the Raiders, uh, a guy named uh, Morris Bradshaw, played a little bit uh, for the Raiders, actually. But he was a really good running back coming out of high school. As a freshman at Ohio State, he was a good running back. And he told me, he said, yeah, you know, one day uh, – coach called me in and said, Hey, we're going to move you out to, to receiver. And he said, well, coach, 
we don't throw the ball, man. I mean, I'm not going to get any look. <laughs> he said, yeah, we got this kid coming in and we think he's going to be pretty good. And of course that kid was Archie Griffin. And he's pretty good. Um, Morris still got drafted, which is amazing since I think his high was like three or four catches uh, every two weeks, basically, even if they looked at him, but he was such a great athlete. Anyway, good, good Archie Griffin years. And an, obviously we know uh, why he won a Heisman Trophy. He's running behind John Hicks. There you go. Like we said, you know, it, it's mostly football. There's a couple of folks of note uh, in baseball. Joe Nathan. Joe Nathan, yep. who is mostly remembered for being number 36, almost the entirety of his 16-year career. In 2016, he pitched a whopping four and one-third innings with the Giants wearing number 74. Again, a guy with 377 career saves, which is eighth all-time. So Nathan deserves at least a mention on the list. As we mentioned uh, at the top of the show, there are no basketball players who wore number 74. So if you are a uh, a aspiring basketball player within the sound of our voices and you want to make a name for yourself, number 74 is wide open. Available, yes. Yeah. And the last guy, Rudy, we should talk about is TJ Oshie. And what we're going to talk about here with TJ Oshie really isn't the seven seasons that he played with the St. Louis Blues wearing number 74. It's really what he did to the Russians in the Olympics. <laughs> you know, he, he, he went four of six in a shootout with the Russians and uh, we beat the Russians. Not quite as exciting as the Miracle on Ice, but nonetheless, TJ Oshie came up big for his country yeah. while wearing number 74 on his back. So we have to give him all the credit in the world for that. So that is really our list of contenders, which means, Rudy, yeah. can you hear it? Go to the lobby. It's, it's time. time. It's time for Screen Stars. It's, it's a truncated Screen Stars, I can tell you. But nonetheless, it is time for Screen Stars. So Screen Stars is a list of one, Rudy, but it's a movie that you and I both have definite thoughts about. Quentin Aaron is the actor's name. He played the real life Michael Orr in The Blind Side uh, in 2009. The real life Michael Orr wore number 74 in high school, uh, as it, as depicted in the movie, uh, also at Ole Miss, and five years into his career with the Baltimore Ravens, where he started every game. He later played with Tennessee and Carolina, where he didn't wear number 74. But nonetheless, Quentin Aaron deserves acclaim and recognition for playing Michael Orr in the really, really tough to rewatch, and, and in my mind, tough to watch the first time, Blindside. Rudy, your thoughts on the movie The Blind Side? Just recently, the, the kids and I watched it again, and my, my recollection of it is I liked it the first time. I, I enjoyed it. Great message. Saved uh, Michael from the, the mean streets and uh, you know became a great college player and got drafted. And just a fantastic story. Then I rewatched it. It is terrible, man. It is <laughs> one of the dumbest, just terribly written bad poorly acted movies it still has a good message but man it gets lost and and i like sandra bullock i think she's great i think she's great she's terrible in this it's just so stupid it's like cartoonish and i know i i know there was controversy like mike didn't love the movie right because it depicted him as this this dumb guy and he's not a dumb guy I would be mad at the movie just for being a dumb movie. <laughs> well, not to be it the guy dumb. who says, and there's a guy who says this every time, the book was better than the movie. But here's the thing. The Sandra Bullock character is not even in the book, really. She's she's a yeah. very 
much a fringe character, but I suppose when you're making movies uh, on the silver screen and you get a star of Sandra Bullock's um, pedigree, yeah, yeah. and you make the movie about her. But the, I can tell you yeah, that if you, have, if you haven't read the Blindside book, the Blindside book has nothing whatsoever to do with what you see in the movie, other than the fact that there was a guy named Michael Orr and he eventually did get drafted. Beyond that, it's a completely different movie. It's it's fiction, but it's just bad. It's just not good. Michael Lewis's book is great. I agree with you. I'm sure he's fine with the way the movie turned out at the end of the day. I'm sure he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody bought the book after they watched the movie, I'm sure, too. And, you know, look, we did number 74. I think at first glance, we thought, oh, 74 is going to be a two-minute podcast but not only do we find eight hall of famers in the nfl and probably two more one of whom we talked to but 74 and that that movie is a huge sports movie i mean most a lot of people would say that's top five sports movies for me i wouldn't say that i know you wouldn't say that but people that's a common answer to the question i'm embarrassed by that answer but it's still an answer and so 74 is loud and proud man that's a that's a good number i wish we had thought of it a long time ago that might have been our first number to pick but uh yeah terrible movie terrible rewatch stay away from it but read the book the book's great uh really good story and uh and well written like most everything michael lewis touches so anyway good screen stars man yeah yeah it's 74 those who, who think that the blind side is a top five sports movie probably are the same people who think that rudy is a top five sports oh, movie and that movie is terrible too and when we get to number 45 you will not get me to stop talking about how ridiculous that stupid movie we're, is but until no, then we're doing we're doing we're doing 45 just because of that movie because <laughs> as you can imagine that movie has followed me a lot closer than it's followed you sir <laughs> yeah 100 100 but nonetheless yeah, yeah, a, a, yeah a terrible movie and just an absolutely stupid premise and everything else but anyway that is yeah. screen stars so congratulations to quentin aaron the only member of uh of the class of renown uh for playing michael Orr in the 2009 movie the blind side so moving on let's go to the hall of shame rudy and i know we've got two different guys here and i'll do the derrick rose award and you can take the actual hall of shame which our hall of shame guy i mean just as a, a bit of a spoiler alert if you don't make the hall of shame for what this guy did then you just don't be- there is there, there's no meaning to the definition of hall of shame but the Derek rose award goes to hall of famer ron mix hall of fame player for the san diego superchargers his nickname is a great nickname the intelligent assassin he played an entire career with the chargers the chargers retired number 74 He came out of retirement to play one year with the Raiders and the Chargers owner at the time was a guy named Gene Klein who hated the Raiders so much and was so mad that Ron Mix went and played for the Raiders. He unretired number 74. Wow. So that number has since been worn (laughs) by Louis Kelcher, among others, and is now currently worn by an offensive tackle with a super cool name, Storm Norton. Storm Norton. Yeah, so you had to have one. your number unretired. That might be a first, but that's not the reason why he gets the Derrick Rose Award. The Derrick Rose Award comes because the IRS accused Mix of filing a false tax return in 2016. He's a lawyer, and uh, he was getting business referrals. And Rudy, you'll remember this guy from a former basketball player named Kermit Washington, who 
almost killed Rudy Tomjanovich by punching him in the face in a brawl uh, in the NBA back in the day. I'm sure we'll talk about that in a subsequent podcast as well. But Mix had made contributions to foundations that were run by Kermit Washington that supposedly benefited charities in Africa. Washington was basically diverting the money for personal use. And so Mix pled guilty to one count of filing a false tax return. Uh, and the plea agreement specifically said that he believed that charities were legitimate, but he didn't know that the funds had been diverted. Nonetheless, claiming charitable contributions, for those of you who are following along here in IRS Corner, claiming charitable contributions is wrong because he got something of value, which was the referrals. Therefore, Mix was permanently disbarred in 2019 and thus becomes the winner of our Derrick Rose Award. I just did a quick research, and I think we have a... Uh... We have a must. So Rudy Tomjanovich, you just brought up. Yeah. Guess what number he wore? 45. Exactly. Yeah. We have to get that we, we gotta so get... we can do Rudy. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's done. We have to find it. Anybody listening, including Rudy Tomjanovich, if anybody's listening knows Rudy Tomjanovich, please tell him to reach out to us. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be great. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for the Hall of Shame? I think we are. We are. Ugeth Urbina. Interesting. So he wore number 74 with the Marlins, Tigers, and Phillies. Was a good, hard-throwing reliever, man. 237 saves in 11 years. And that's a good story. He's a good player. And he wore number 74. Um, That's cool. And, oh, yeah, he also served seven and a half years in prison for attacking workers on his family's ranch with, wait for it, a machete. <laughs> okay. But has there ever been a player who attacked workers on his family's ranch with a machete? I don't think there has been. I'm going to I mean, say no. Had, uh, he rose bet on baseball, but I mean, this is a, uh, this is next level, man. It's pretty, pretty intense. Yeah. I'm going to say no. And I'm also going to wonder out loud here, Rudy, what has to happen for you to go get the machete? I, I good good questions. I mean, this good is kind of this is a little good. bit more than maybe you know leaving the break room messy or showing up late <laughs> or something like that. I mean, these are guys that are working on your farm, right? But to get right. the machete, I mean, what's got to happen? I, I really am curious about that. So he's definitely our Hall of Shamer for the week, but it leads us to some of our heat check guys, and one of them who I hope never chases anybody at his ranch with a machete is uh, one of my favorite pitchers, uh, Kenley Jansen of the Dodgers. Man, that guy lights out. And a great number 74. But you found out why he threw on number 74. What about that? Kenley Jansen is uh, from Curacao, and his childhood home address is Kaya Kokoloshi, or Kokolishi, 74. So... That is why Amazing. he wears yep. number 74. And, you know, he's 6'5", 265, and he started out as a catcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Started out as a catcher. Apparently a pretty good hitter. But, you know, for the Dodgers, um, he's a Dodger Hall of Famer for sure. He's in the 300 career save club, which is 28th all time and a three-time all-star. And honestly, when he's going good, they're hard to beat. And when he's going bad, it's scary. <laughs> few years as the Dodgers have been really good. For sure. I'm going to go to hockey here uh, on the heat check, Rudy, and talk about the only 74 of note in the NHL, a guy named John Carlson, who's a 
a strong two-way defenseman, uh, was a big part. Uh, he's with, with the Washington Capitals. He was a big part of the Capitals' 2018 Stanley Cup championship. And he's also the reason why TJ Oshie, who we mentioned earlier, doesn't wear number 74 anymore. TJ Oshie goes to the one team where there's a guy wearing number 74. So Oshie changes to 77. But a gentleman named Madison Bowie, who wore number 22 when he was a Washington Capitol, uh, has since moved on to Detroit and wears number 74 now in honor of John Carlson, who he said, mentored him with the Capitals. So kind of a cool story. Bowie wears number 74 now and actually wore 22 in honor of Willie O'Ree, who was the first African-American player in the NHL. So that's just kind of a cool story. Uh, Who else, Rudy, is on the heat checklist? We've got a couple guys that I will be honest with you, man. I don't know much about. The fact that I'm reading the name Eloy Jimenez for the first time in my life. (laughs) I'm I'm giving away a little secret here. So he's apparently a highly touted prospect. If if you Um, were on the south side of Chicago right now and you just said, I've never heard the name Eloy Jimenez. I would be beat up. Yeah, you you might be beaten senseless. (laughs) Eloy Jimenez is apparently the next coming is going to be a centerpiece for the White Sox franchise for for years and years to come. 31 bombs last year is sort of expected to be a focal point uh, of that team if they're going to do anything. And said that he wears number 74. He got it in winter ball and he just said, you know what? I want to make my own thing. So 74 is going to be my thing and I'm going to wear number 74. And if he has anything close to the career that the White Sox front office and White Sox fans expect, uh, Eloy Jimenez is a name that you will be hearing more and more. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to go buy on. his rookie card now that I've heard of him and I'm I'm into it. I, my Baseball America subscription has lapsed, so I'm, <laughs> I'm a little soft on the uh, highly touted prospects. Uh, our fourth heat check is a guy I have heard of, Anthony Costanzo, a first-round pick for the Colts. Guess what? Offensive lineman, left tackle, but recently signed a big deal to – year $33 million deal with the Colts. Colts are a solid team, well-run team, and Anthony uh, plays a big role with them, obviously. So that's our four heat check guys. I think solid. I mean, Eloy makes makes it like maybe he's a Hall of Famer, man. I don't know. I think Jansen (laughs) is. Uh, I think he could definitely be, but but it's a good good list. I guess we have five, really, because we count Madison and John Carlson there. But a good heat check. Why don't we get to our Hall of Fame? Let's do we it. We got to pick our, our best uh, 74s, which I didn't think was going to be hard, but it actually is harder than it appears. Um, I think we'll start. I'll start it off with number five. You mentioned the great uh, TJ Oshie, and he of the very slow motion penalty shot dynamo uh war 74 as you said single-handedly beat the ruskies when he went four for six four out of six in a shootout so he comes in at number five how about number four tom number four is uh kenley jansen uh as we mentioned earlier although he has had some issues uh with control and issues with his heart and recently had uh, coronavirus as well. But Kenley Jansen, as you mentioned earlier, Rudy, when he's on, he's he's the guy you want. Kenley Jansen is on the list and has done 74 proud, uh, at least until Eloy Jimenez comes and hits 74 home runs in a single season yep. and changes the game. That's right. Here comes Eloy. The last three, the top three, not surprisingly, are all football guys. Coming in at number three um, on the all-time 74s are his Merlin Olsen. Man, great 
obviously great defensive linemen uh, for some really uh, fantastic Rams teams, part of the fearsome foursome. But just kind of like John Madden, a lot of people don't know that Merlin Olsen even played football because they grew up with him being a, a very good announcer and then did some TV stuff, obviously, with Father Murphy. So Merlin Olsen uh, on and off the field comes in at number three. How about number two, man? Number two, the aforementioned Bruce Matthews. Let's talk a little bit about Bruce Matthews, just the the toughness overall. 296 games played, we talked about that, which is the most by an NFL player who is not a kicker or a punter. So he's an offensive lineman. So he's getting touched at least every so often as opposed to a, a kicker or a punter. Never missed a game due to injury and started 229 consecutive games. A uh, member of the NFL all-decade team of the 1990s and one of the great Iron Men in the history of the game. So Bruce Matthews is number two, which brings us Rudy to number one. Number one, number one is Bob Lilly. First draft pick in the history of the Dallas Cowboys is our number one Hall of Famer, the best to ever wear number 74. I think this is a pretty easy choice. Uh, there's a good, great players. I'll, we talked about the Hall of Famers, but Bob Lilly, part of the 1960s and 1970s all-decade team, seven-time all-pro, 11-time pro bowler, and a member of both the 75th and the 100th anniversary all-time teams. And again, we, we laughed and joked at Bob Greasy's expense um, at his 29-yard sack they're in Super Bowl six, an NFL record that hopefully will stand forever. I'd, I'd hate to see anybody do a, a, a worse job going backwards. But, uh, man, Bob Lilly was fantastic. It's still a, a fixture around the Dallas Cowboys, around the Dallas area. A very, very good uh, member of this group and, and is number one in our Hall of Fame. Yeah, and a surprising list because we didn't think 74 was going to really bring us much, and it brought us a ton. So yeah. let's recap the list from five to one. Number five, TJ Oshie for beating the Russians in the 2014 Olympics. Uh, number four, Kenley Jansen. Number three, Merlin Olson. Number two, Bruce Matthews. And number one, Bob Lilly. Well, that'll do it for this edition of Putting Up Numbers. Our thanks to the great Nick Mangold. And don't forget to go to 74BBQ.com. You can find our show notes and more at our website, puttingupnumbers.com. And please remember to tell all your friends to listen, like, subscribe, and give us a rating. We'll be back with another edition very soon. Until then, I'm Tom Davis. And I am Rudy Klanick. And we'll see you next time on Putting Up Numbers. <laughs>